This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 152. Strangers and Aliens, summer movie series. Avengers Age of Ultron. Hello and welcome to Strangers and Aliens. And guess what, dear listener? I'm Ben Avery and I am not here with my children. I am actually here with not one co-host, but two. The gang is back together. The boys are back in town. Steve McDonald, Dr. Jace O'Neill. Hello. How Hello. you doing? How you doing? I, I thought about just letting you hang there and, and prove, <laughs> you know, like you're actually just making things up that we're not here and you need to talk to yourself. And Yeah. So. I mean, that's not too far from reality on, you know, the days when we don't record together. But yeah, we record, you know, once every month now or so. And, and then the other days I just sit with the microphone in front of myself and try to have intelligent discussions. And actually, surprisingly, that's, it goes better than on regular recording days. So. Well, I, think it's, I think that's where you can really use all of your multiple personalities there, Ben. So Yes, yes. They come in handy for puppets and for rambling in front of a microphone by yourself. Yeah, yep. there you go. <laughs> so. Nice. So, hey, guys, it's been a while since it's been the three of us. And um, we didn't want to put the show on hold until we could all get back together. So we did kind of skip past our episode 150 and 151. This is episode 152. Uh, but I did want to say to you guys just quickly, congratulations for the milestone that we hit and passed. Woohoo! And so here we are now, and uh, we'll celebrate when we hit 200 or 201. Something like that. But for right. now, it's business as usual. I mean, that's what we're here for, to get the job done. And we're here to talk about our first movie of the summer, that's part of our summer movie series, and that movie is Avengers. Oh, two. wow! Two. Avengers two. Avengers two. Yeah. Age of Ultron. And I'm going to use the joke now, just so I can get it out of the way. I already used it for my Welcome to Level Seven podcast. This is kind of a spoiler, but the Age of Ultron—he's only what six, seven days old by the end of the movie. I know. It's not, I was a little disappointed. I thought he'd be a little older. Okay. Not much aging goes on. So just to get this out of the way, the first half of this podcast will be spoiler free. Then we will play a we will play a spoiler warning sounder. You will not be able to miss it. You will know exactly what you're hearing when it gets played. Then we will talk about spoilers. This first half is for us to talk about the movie in generalities and talk about if we think people should go and see the movie and who we think would like the movie and talk about general things that we like, such as the casting and stuff like that, um, Just, but in generalities. So, um, Dr. Jace, Steve, I, I do want you to just kind of tell me right now just your uh, brief impression of the movie that features a evil robot trying to kill the world who has to fight superheroes who don't want him to destroy the world. Is that a, is that a fair assessment of what the movie is? You want my one-word review? Yeah, sure. One-word review. Language. <laughs> uh, Dr. Jace, you don't have to do one word. <laughs> um, just brief, you pretty much brief summarized it. You asked us to kind of give a brief summary, but you kind of just did it. So 
Um, no, yeah. You, I mean, uh, what's your what's your what's your impression of the movie as you walked out? What were you feeling? Um, what what was your first impressions of this movie as you as you walked out and as you were thinking about it later on? Uh, Hawkeye was is much cooler in this one. That was my main thought. <laughs> He's definitely raised the cool bar every appearance from that Hulk appearance. No, Thor, the Thor appearance where he was thinking about shooting an arrow to the last movie in this one. He's, he definitely has a, yeah. Uh, Steve, what, what actually, what actual impressions did you have? Um, we can go into it more in depth, but, uh, the overall arching overarching theme that I got was, uh, we are all monsters. Okay. And, we are trying not to be. So we can go more in depth later. Okay. But uh, we'll go more in depth later. So I'm just going to ask you this real quick. Do you feel like mm-hmm. that's a good theme handled well? Um, it just, was a theme I, I wasn't expecting. Okay. And it was, it was really interesting how they addressed each character or, or the main characters um, and their monstrosity. Obviously, you have the Hulk. But you also have the Black Widow. How was she a monster? You know, I mean, there's all these other uh, really cool ways that they teased out that that theme. So you liked it, though? You were surprised by it, but you liked it? Yes. Okay. Um, how? What day did you go, Dr. Jace? Uh, opening day. So the, the Thursday night or the Friday? The, the Friday. Friday. And how full was your theater? Oh, it's packed. Yeah, were they responding well to the movie? Um, yes, for the most part. There, it was funny. Our, our theater didn't really laugh much. Um, not usually. Usually, when you go to a movie like a Marvel movie, you expect some laugh out loud moments, and uh, you know there were some humorous moments, but it was there weren't really any laugh out loud moments, at least in our theater. What about you, Steve? How was your audience responding? Um, if you, if you go by how much trash they left afterwards, <laughs> they loved it. It was amazing. They, there was, we went there with, I, I guess the messiest people who ever went to, to movie theaters. It was disgusting. I mean, it was like, it wasn't just stuff left on seats. It was all over the floor, everywhere. It was, it was, and it was like almost everybody. Forget about five stars. They got five popcorn containers on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Five used M M&M and M wrappers, each. Um, it was terrible. Well, they pay people to come clean that up. I know. I used yeah. to be someone like that. So, yeah. But I think they. I think seriously. I think they. Uh, they most people enjoyed it. I didn't get any, you know, laughs inappropriate places or you know people yelling at the screen or something. So I had people yelling at the screen. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene that we'll talk about in the spoilers. Uh, there's my two favorite scenes, and the the one there's a guy. I mean, he yelled, and it was he, he yelled a couple times, but this one he yelled out loud and dropped the f bomb, and it was like wow. everyone just kind of looks around. Now he was dropping it in the I'm going to say this with with scare quotes, but he dropped it in the good way. He wasn't saying it in an angry way. He was saying it in a surprise way. Uh, uh, he wasn't. Not, he wasn't. He, in his mind, it was not a negative connotation that he was bringing to the occasion by using that word. 
he thought he was adding to the surprise of the audience uh, by using that word. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, but if I have kids in the audience, I'm not going to be happy with that. Oh, I, I, I didn't have anyone in the audience, and I wasn't happy with it. I was like, yeah. dude, just shut up, man. Sit down. I wasn't happy with the first word in the movie. You know, it's really – it's really um, you ask our general impressions. And honestly, it's really hard for me because I felt like there was so much. I almost have to watch it again to – I just felt that there was so much going on because I usually like to look at kind of subtext and things. Like for instance – um, I, we can probably talk a little bit more about this in the spoiler section, but where the final battle happens, like where it's central, centralized. I'm, I'm trying to look at the symbolism behind all of this, uh, represented with Ultron's motive. So mm-hmm. I'm be interested to get your guys' thoughts on that. Yeah, there was a lot going on. I mean, this is a two-hour, twenty-minute movie. I think it is, including basically ten minutes of credits. Although. People have not seen it yet. You don't have to sit through all the word credits. All right? Just sit through that, that opening beginning of the end credits where it's like the the animations and stuff going on. And then you'll get your little tag scene. And then after that is all the words and, and music. And I always stay to the end of credits, even on movies that don't have an end credit thing, unless I really am tired and want to get home or something. But Yeah, I um, usually do that. So I sit through it anyway. Um, but I, I can tell you right now, don't worry about sitting through it if if you don't want to sit through eight minutes of credits just to be <laughs> uh, i'll give you a spoiler when all the credits have rolled and they're gone on the screen comes the words the avengers will return yeah. um you know kind of the james bond tradition which they did i think in the first james bond movie but um so, yeah. yeah so that's don't 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 sit through it but um it should have said the avengers will reassemble could have, it could have. Um, I'll, I'll just say this right now, since we're going to be coming into our, our letter grading uh, that we do for summer movies, and whether we recommend it and who we recommend it to. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I had a fun time, and when I came out, I felt like I enjoyed myself. But you are right, Doctor Jace. There was so much crammed into this thing. Yeah, it was so dense. much crammed into it. And this wasn't the original cut. The first <laughs> cut of the movie that Joss Whedon did was. I think it had another 40, 45 minutes on it. And, yeah, and so they had to to really, really, really trim it. Um, and it still feels like it's just really dense and really, really packed. So, But I, I did. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit, actually. Um, and I was also surprised by how much theme stuff they were trying to pack into it, considering how much action and just one-liners there were as well. So, yeah. Well, let's get into our our letter grades then, and um, we'll start with well, Doctor Jace. I'll give you the option. Do you want to start? Are you ready with a letter grade? Yeah, I got a letter grade. All right. So, what what's the grade you give this movie, and why? I actually give this movie a B minus. Um, I think it's kind of maybe it's a little unfair. But, you know, the original Avengers was one of my favorites. I mean, it's definitely my top five comic book movies of all time. I, it was smart. It was witty. It had subtext. I mean, it, I thought it was amazing how they put together all these characters for the first time. This one, I felt it was jumbled. And it was it was too much. Now, granted, I still think he was able to do a fairly good job. Usually when movies, there's too much, they, the whole movie stinks. 
Um, I think, you know, was it um, the Spider-Man with Sandman in it? That one was just awful. It was just awful. So I think that Joss Whedon did a a really good job taking a bunch of stuff and making it work. But I think he could have told a better story. I think – this is my impression. My impression is that Joss Whedon didn't get to tell the story he would want to tell. I think he got to tell parts of stories he wanted to tell and then had to pack in a bunch of stuff that Marvel wanted in for future things and, and, and to accommodate things. And, and so I think he just – he did. And um, Which I didn't feel that in Avengers, the original Avengers. I felt the original Avengers, he told a story that was really, really well done. This one I felt like it just – some good stuff. You know, I really liked Vision. But it's like – you know, we're halfway through the show and all of a sudden a new character we have to develop and establish. And then you have the twins and you have all the other – give all the other characters their moments. Even Ultron. Ultron, I thought Spader did a great job, but he should have been more part of the movie. I thought they did a really good job. Like I felt like he was a real person on screen. But there was a lot lacking. There's a lot missing. Um so, okay, uh, Steve. I'm not sure um, what was missing. What what felt missing? I think I know, I th- but I'm, I'm going to save Go it for my grade. Go ahead. Oh, well, I think what was missing was the emphasis on the characters that we know and have grown with. Yeah. Um, because of the new characters, the new characters were inserted well, and we were given their backstory. We were given enough information about them, but. The first Avengers movie, and I think you guys will both agree with me about this, first Avengers movie was actually, if you really look at it from different angles, it's a good Captain America movie, but it's also a good Hulk movie, but it's also a good Iron Man movie, Um, it's also a good Black Widow movie, not so much a good Hawkeye movie, but but those, those four right there, they all had their time to shine, but they also had their, they had recognizable character arcs in this one the new characters are front and center and they do a great job with them but our older characters it's not a captain america movie it really is an avengers movie it's a team movie where they are working together and it's i think a little bit more about even the relationships between them um and i think that might be what you feel was was missing and i don't want to say too much more because i don't want to spoil too much but Definitely going into it. Yeah, I think there's part of that. But I think, to use a Lord of the Rings example, you felt like there was too much, not not enough butter spread over too far over a piece of bread. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. good, but not as good as it could have been. And I just felt like, and there are moments I really loved. Like, I really liked the the Hawkeye art. If, If I were to say this was anybody's movie, I'd say it was Hawkeye. Um, that, that's my, you know, I really, I came away thinking, you know what? Hawkeye really is kind of the heart of this whole thing. Um, yeah. And of course we're not going to spoil it right now, but some of the stuff that gets revealed about Hawkeye is my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. The whole, the whole Hawkeye arc was the most interesting part of the movie. Like I, I look back, they all had their moments of of 
of it being interesting, but like Thor, I felt like Thor was a little bit of a throw in. Um, you know, yeah. Anyway, it's so to the title of this one is Avengers, and it really is an Avengers movie in that we've got all of them together, and we're going to do a story with all of them together, and it, I, I, I again, I just don't feel like it's an it's not really those individuals story anymore. It's the group story. See, I think what, what, uh, Jace was talking about with Hawkeye, uh, as sort of like the, the main Avenger in this one, I think it is really interesting because they really fleshed him out. Um, but I think sort of like with a side of, uh, a black widow and Hulk and really, you know, coming to understand their characters through their relationship and everything. Um, and, and, I mean, I think what they did was they took the the main three, the big ones who have their own movies, mm-hmm. and sort of said we're we're going to have them play really important parts. Obviously, without Tony Stark, this isn't happening. Um, if you didn't have Thor in the movie, then there would be no way, and I won't ruin it, but there would be no way for the Avengers as a whole to uh, realize that another character is trustworthy. So it was that very interesting right. one scene than- type of a thing. So I think – let me just finish. And just having those three just step in the background and do some very important things but not have it really be about them really fleshed out those other three. Let me ask you this because I don't remember. Did, did, did Thor have uh, an encounter like just him and Ultron? Because I think all the other guys got their chance, and I don't, I don't remember. I don't think so. I mean, that'll be more for spoiler conversation, but I think he did. Well, I, I don't. I don't remember because Captain America had his moment. I, I think I could be wrong, but if to me, I felt like Thor was kind of very much a side character, um, well, and also, but his. This goes in the spoiler line. This his main part is basically the bridge to the next kind of some of the other movies and they do plant some seeds between Iron Man and Captain America that will play out in Captain America Civil War um, and, and I, I do like some of the other characters that they're going to bring that they're bringing in but I I just felt like um, I guess if, if I'm going to boil it down the reason it just wasn't as good as the first one in my mind, it was not where the other one was an A plus in my book. This one was 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 not not in the ballpark in my in my mind. Well, Steve, what grade what grade do you give it, and why? Well, if my absolute positive favorite, I mean the the Avenger to end all Avengers. If if that Avenger had been in the movie on a scale of one to nine hundred ninety nine, it would have been like a thousand plus. But since he wasn't in that movie, (laughs) (laughs) on a scale of 1 to 999, it gets like a a negative zero. Okay. And who is that? I'm sorry. I totally don't understand what you just said. Well, it's because because that character was – all they had to do was put Swordsman in there and it just – it would have popped. I mean when you think of the Avengers – Is Swordsman even a good guy? You think of – of course Swordsman is a good guy. Ugh. Man, all right, forget it. I'll just talk about it on its own merits. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> Man, um, I would probably Swordsman. say uh, in the B plus to A minus range. But it's really hard for me to 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 downgrade this because 
it is so much built on the Avengers and the uh, second Captain America movie, especially. Um, and it, it, it has just that culminating feel to it where, you know, you, you say to yourself, well, Return of the Jedi, probably the weaker of the, the three, you know, original series, although some people like it best. And I understand that. But when you think about it, you know, it, it's probably the weaker of the three. But the thing is, it, it couldn't be a movie at all without the other two. So having this one as a weaker version of it, I understand that viewpoint, but the thing is, it couldn't even exist. They couldn't have this blockbuster movie unless they had those other ones. And it sort of puts it out of the range of comparison to me. So A minus or no, yeah, but B plus? But is that, I, that, that doesn't really... I, I don't know if I agree with that because, you know... Um, Empire Strikes Back was, in I my lost opinion, you guys, I can't hear anything. We're still going. I, I, hello. Yeah, we're okay. Empire Strikes Back, in my opinion, was better than Star Wars. Is a better right. movie, in my mind. Um, uh, the Two Towers were, was better than Fellowship. Now that's my opinion. Um, and in my opinion, and I know Steve is going to disagree with this, is Uh-oh. the Dark Knight. Dark Knight was better than Batman Begins. So I absolutely <laughs> believe the second movie can be better. I don't think this one was. We haven't well, had that, that that's conversation what I'm saying. It's, in so I don't see long. it as a second movie. I see it more as a you know a third or even fourth movie. If you Strictly take the speaking, other movies. this is a tenth movie. <laughs> it is. Well, yes. But the other movies, you wouldn't really need to watch the other Hulk movies to get this to, – to understand this movie. Oh, wait. If you um, Hulk, maybe 11th? But, but if you if you think about it, we have had a half of a television season's worth of time on the screen with these characters: yeah. Iron Man one, two, and three, Captain America one and two, Hulk, Thor one and two, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Kind of you can include in there because it is going to tie in later on. And then this movie, I mean, this is a tenth movie in a franchise. We've we've had a television season i mean if, if a television season is 22 episodes and they're 50 or 45 minutes long these 10 movies are easily equal to a season of tv yeah um i i will say that i'm glad that they finally have the vision in the avengers because he was one of my favorites growing up oh i can't wait to talk about him with you dr chase I'm going to have to wait until after we play the spoiler music, but I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. So your grade, uh, Steve, is a B plus A minus. Is that, is that correct? Something like that. But I, again, I can't really say that that is a fair comparison because without the other movies, you wouldn't have this movie. And it's sort of capping off a lot of stuff. You know, so so can I ask you? I this, think it's un, it's. I think well, let me just say, I think it's unfair to compare the two and as as you know individual grades. But if I well, had to grade it at A minus B plus, go ahead. No, my question is, um, as a parent, because one of the things I liked about the original Avengers is that there wasn't hardly any swearing that I can remember, and this right. one swearing was like one of the big key key things. Did that? <laughs> So I have two questions for you. One is: Was that put off to you at all because of that addition? Because most of the Marvel movies don't have a lot of swearing. Yeah, no. This is this is uh, something that I, I do look out for, and I actually did take my two older kids, thirteen and eleven, to see this movie. Um, so having a, a bad word as the first thing on the screen 
I didn't like that. I, they could have had almost you know anything else there except for you know an actual bad word. Um, having Steve Rogers be the you know the the language guy, you know the the language grammar you know person whatever, um, you know trying to to tease that out, but then having him say something that was uh, I feel a little bit out of character. Um, especially for this version of Captain yeah. America, my brother. Was I didn't very, like that. Yeah, my brother was very angry. He's like, Captain America never would have said that. Ever would have said that. No, no, uh, no. In in the comic books, I've seen him say worse. And 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 taking the movies uh, and comparing them to uh, say the the Daredevil series on TV, which I don't know exactly why. I can I can conjecture, but I don't know exactly why. I haven't seen the entire run of it. But I haven't every, seen it, so don't. I, I don't. I'm not going to spoil me. it. Okay. I'm not going to spoil it. But every single episode that I have seen, they use Jesus' name in vain as his actual name multiple times, and I haven't seen that in any. I don't think any Marvel movie. I don't see it. I don't really see it in in many movies at all. If they do, sometimes it, it's it, it's a passing thing or something. But it was. It seems like in the the Daredevil show, they're putting it in for some reason. And yeah, the the it, story that it's based on has religious overtones. But the thing is, you don't put in the religious overtones as blasphemy all the way through the series. You know, it it just it struck struck me as as really. Egregious, and I, it, it, even to the point where I don't really want to finish the series because I don't like being assaulted with blasphemy. But in in this movie, having the bad language and having to explain it afterwards to my, especially my daughter, the eleven year old, um, you know, it, it was sort of like you know he was saying a word, he wasn't calling anybody that, he wasn't using anything even worse than that, and it just means the same thing as poop. So it's really not that much of a huge, big word. It's not like, you know, the, the word that that guy stood up and yelled out in your theater, Ben. But um, Yeah, he gave, you know, he gave the movie an R rating for our theater. There you go. <laughs> but at least it wasn't, it wasn't that. But still, well, it's the type of thing where, you know, he, now it has to be a teaching experience. After, <laughs> it can't just be a movie. After we get Ben's, after we get Ben's uh, grade, I have a question for, for both of you. Okay. okay. Uh, well, I'll quickly give it my grade. Um, I give it an A minus. Uh, I have some problems with it, plot wise. There were some issues that I had, and and there's yeah. some character things that I had some issues with. But um, but overall, any issues I had are pretty overshadowed by just the scope, the the humor, um, the new characters, and the way they were able to introduce the new characters and give us a pretty good understanding. Of them and where they stand and where they come from, more importantly. Um, but overall, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I am taking my my 13 year old son and some of his buddies, like we did for Winter Soldier. With Winter Soldier, the next week uh, we went to a five dollar showing, and I, I didn't do that with Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, you want to talk about language? That that yeah. one had a lot more of that kind yeah. of thing in it. But um, I still haven't let my kids see that one. Yeah, and. You know, my my son hasn't asked about it, so I haven't had to tackle that question in my own soul yet. Right. But uh, yeah, with with uh, this movie, there is a lot of action, and it's good action. There's a lot of story, and it's pretty good story. There's a lot of character beats, not a lot of character development, um, and there's a lot of just 
excitement and a little bit of theme and just enough theme to make me really hungry for some some of what they could have done with with some of these characters especially well, that's, some of the new ones I, I think that's kind of where I'm missing on is lack of theme a little bit they, they touched on several themes but also the lack of character development and for me as a someone who used to do acting and things like that I uh whenever those are lacking it's really hard for me to really hug a movie and yeah. love a movie yeah and I, you had at least three characters who had a lot of character development and 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 that those characters they resounded with me as a result of that so yeah yeah um so okay what's your question dr jace okay my question is um since we're giving this grade and i want to be able to gauge your grade in context would you put this in the top three marvel movies and if not who what other which ones would you put in there because i would not i would probably put this in my bottom three marvel movies Wow. Okay, but for context, when you say you're going to put it in your bottom three Marvel movies, are there any movies that are in that bottom three that you don't like? Um, yes. Is it on the top of the ones? So it's over yeah, the yeah, ones? Yeah, you, yeah, so you yeah, like yeah, the movie, but it's still down low. Yeah, is Howard the my, Duck one of the three? It's not a no. Marvel movie. I mean, it is, but it's no. not part of this subset no, no, no. of Marvel movies. Iron Man 2 and 3 would be my, my absolute bottom worst, and they're in a whole sphere of themselves. Okay. I would... I would say I liked Avengers much better than both of those. So for you, Age of Ultron is the lowest of the movies you liked. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, for me, I would put it – I know it would go in my top five. I know it would be in my top half of of the movies. Top um, half or top five? Well, yeah, both. I mean with the Marvel movies, there's what, 10 or 11. But, um, you know, Winter Soldier is up there. That's probably number one. Uh, in fact – not probably. Winter Soldier, I think, is the number one Marvel movie of these Avengers movies, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, number one for me. Um, so then you got some fighting for you know two and three, and I would bounce back and forth because you know Captain America: First Avenger would be up there. The first Avengers movie then would also be up there, um, and as you know, as much as the content with Guardians of the Galaxy, I, I did really enjoy that movie. Um, I would say it's definitely going to make it into the top four, but I'd have to really sit down and think about it and give it more thought than I want to to get okay. to figure out what's in my top four. And yeah, what order. Think, I think it would it would be solid number four. I think uh, uh, Captain America, the first one, would be number one for me, and then like it would be a tie for number two with uh, Iron Man and Winter Soldier, um, and then number four would be. Uh, this one. So you like uh, but this- wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm, f- I'm forgetting the first Avengers one, aren't I? Yeah, yes, you are. Yeah. You are. So it'd be, no, it would be, it would be, it would be, it would be in the top five. But like I said, you, you really can't have number two without number one. So it's, it's, it's hard for me to, to quantify. <laughs> That's them. true in Marvel movies, and it's true in life. And in the top five would be those five movies. But catch me at any time of day, and it could be almost anything for you know, three, four, and five. Yeah, I think the best one I think is is Captain America. Um, so I guess two through five, it would just depend on the day. Just jumbling around, yeah. Yeah, I think mine would be number one would have would be a would be a fight. I'd have to watch them all again. I, um, <laughs> I, it would be the number one would be a fight either between Avengers or Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was the best theater experience I've had in a long time. Um, I saw it with my family, and we just had a really good time. We, I didn't. 
I wasn't expecting that good of a, of a movie. Um, and then my third one would probably be definitely Captain America. I, I see Winter Soldier less than you guys. Like I saw it as potentially should have been the best because I think story-wise it had the potential to be the best. But I don't think the execution – so I'd drop that. I'd actually – honestly, I, I know you guys will kill me for this. I'd actually put both Thor movies above Winter Soldier. You are dead to me, yeah, yeah. Dr. Wow. Jace. Yes. I didn't even consider the Thor movies as See, anything in the top five. I mean, here's my thing with with ranking all of these. I'm ranking a whole bunch of movies that I really like. I like all of them. I like yeah. the Thor movies. And most of them yeah. I like too. Um, Iron Man two is not a favorite of mine, but I like it still. And when I rewatched it again, I don't. <laughs> when I rewatched all the movies again before Agents of Shield started for the the that all the the, the my, my other podcast. I found myself enjoying myself still. There's certain things that, you know, okay, so Incredible Hulk drags in these parts. And Iron Man 2, well, you know, really is setting up for Avengers, you know. But um, I like them all. And that's and that's similar to ranking, you know, the original trilogy of Star Wars. You know, yeah, I like Empire because it's really good and you know, really intense and dramatic. And I think that's why Empire gets what it gets from the fan community is that it's it's more drama. It has more drama. With Return of the Jedi, it's the final chapter. You know the good guys are going to win. The drama isn't there as much. But, you know, I like them all. You know, no matter what order I put them in, I still really enjoy all of them. So, it's the same with the Marvel movies. There's not one out yet that I um, could say, oh, I just hate that movie. Uh, but here's my question to you guys, and then we'll get into the spoilers, Okay. Um, my final question to you guys is, what are you looking forward to from the Marvel movies that are coming soon? And when I say soon, I mean in the next couple of years. Because we've got Ant-Man coming at the end of summer. Yeah, Fantastic um, Four, that's which is not part, uh, of the not part of this collection thing, of movies. But still, But, but it, it's coming out this summer. Yeah, uh, uh, That's easy. Yeah. For, for me, I think the biggest thing is basically Avengers 3, which is basically Captain America Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen so, some of the the announcements yeah. they made in the last day or two? Yeah, like everybody, all the <laughs> Avengers except for like two are in it. <laughs> Thor's not coming back for that movie. Yeah, because he'll be an Asgard, and and Hulk, you know, but everyone else is there. Everyone but I, else. <laughs> but I, I'm really looking forward to um, Captain America versus Iron Man. That's something I'm, I'm yeah. really uh, excited about. I really hope they don't. Do what they did in the comic books. Well, don't I, tell I, me. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't, I, know I, I don't want to spoil it. But the thing is, it was a, a seven-issue comic book series, and it was six and a half issues of really good storytelling. And then I didn't like. They can't. They can't, Steve. They they, they, they haven't. They haven't built these characters up to take them to that place. No. And, and so the, the comic series itself. Uh, there's, I mean, there's so many other characters that are involved, and the emotional resonance of what happened with Spider-Man in Civil War. Even if they put Spider-Man front and center in Captain America: Civil War, which they're talking about, maybe that's the movie he'll show up in first. Who knows what which one he's actually going to show up in first until he actually makes some announcements about it. But um, have they cast him yet? No, no, they haven't, and that's that's why we we who knows what they're going to do with him. Because what they should do with him, I don't want to know. Is no, listen to me. <laughs> well, there's this iconic scene in I won't I won't spoil it, but in the the comic book series, there's this iconic scene 
Okay. And we find out, well, the world finds out something that the reader already knows. Okay. And what they should do with Spider-Man is the same thing with the actor. Yeah, we've talked so, about this, I think, Steve. Did we? Yeah. yeah so, but, but here's the thing yeah. with that. If they brought back another actor from the previous Spider-Man movies, mm-hmm. uh, Toby, say they brought back Tobey Maguire, then yeah, we've got an emotional connection with him. And so anything they do with him in Civil War, because we've already seen him in three movies, there's some resonance with us. But they, they, they aren't going to do that. No, that's because they've already said that he's going to high school and they're yeah, going to reveal him. They're going to reveal him every movie comes out. He's going to be like a freshman, then a sophomore, then a junior, then a senior. They're going to go back when he's really, really young. Yeah, and, and it'll be the beginning of his career, but it won't be an origin story. Yeah. Right, but and I think to to give a, a the same impact that the story had, I think I would like to have seen that. And then you don't know know who it is until that scene. Here's so. here's the thing with with um, anything they do. Going back to the comic book, the the characters have developed into different places than what they mm-hmm. are for the comic. And so, just like with Winter Soldier, it's based on the Winter Soldier comic book stuff that was going on. But it's not the exact same because it can't be because right. the characters yeah. don't have the same cachet or whatever. But right, um, right. So we have Ant-Man, Captain America Civil War I'm really looking forward to. But I'm, I'm curious about Ant-Man because it's a solo story. It's interesting. Are you guys seeing the same things? I've seen in a couple um, fan sites where people are saying that this is the first Marvel movie that looks stupid. <laughs> no. There's... Come on. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy looked stupid. Oh, no. Okay. But that was that was a whole different – But they made it look cool because they had the music and the slow-mo yeah. and – Yeah. But, but I've actually – I've heard – you know, not the same amount of excitement for Ant Man. So I'd be actually be very interested to see how Ant Man does. It, yeah, I've heard people say that Guardians of the Galaxy would be the first, uh, the first failure that Marvel had, and now they're saying it about Ant Man that Ant Man will be the first failure that Marvel has. Right. Uh, and it's possible. It is possible. It, it's a solo story that's hanging on. A, a character actor who is out of his element in a way, but who has a a popularity that will bring people into the theaters. But then you also have Michael Douglas, who brings you know he brings a gravitas of of experience and you know time uh, that he spent on the screen. But the um, younger generations don't know him at no, all. No, no, it's it's the older generation that's looking at yeah. him and saying, "Oh, he's in that kind of like Robert Redford." In, yeah. in Winter Soldier, um, which, by the way, have you guys seen Three Days of the Condor? It's a seventies, no. it's a seventies spy thriller kind of thing. No, no, not. I just watched it on Netflix, and because I, I watched it because the Russo brothers said that that was one of the movies that influenced Winter Soldier. They ripped that movie off, man. I couldn't <laughs> believe how close the plots were, even some of the stuff at the end. But the other thing I didn't realize: Robert Redford. He was the lead in that in that movie, so bringing him in to be you know the the kind of the baddie in in Winter Soldier was a kind of cool move. If you had seen the other so, one and knew, I, I was sitting and talking about Marvel movies with my family, and I kept saying Ant Man, Ant Man, and my wife kept saying thought I was saying Batman. She was confused, and when I explained it to her, no, it's Ant Man. She goes, "That just sounds really stupid." <laughs> 
Well, and they kept they they're keeping the whole talking to ants thing that he can control ants. I can't yeah. believe they're keeping that. I mean, that is that to me kind of takes the character into a little bit of a different realm as far as you know, shrinking down and being strong and being kind of a spy hero kind of thing. That's kind of neat. But talking to ants and then having an army of ants follow him as he's fighting bad guys and stuff in the comics, it's even a little bit ridiculous. So I am curious where they're going to go with that. And if it's going to work, they've made everything else work so far. Mm-hmm. So I, I trust that they can do it. The question well, is whether I, I they think will. They've, they've made every character work, but I don't think they've made every movie work perfectly. And, and I would be actually interested because the original director who was with this forever mm-hmm. left. And so I know a lot of the fans who were really for it have been really disappointed because the original guy is no longer there. Yeah. And the, the other one that I'm kind of excited about seeing what it's going to be like is Doctor Strange. I'm, I'm yeah. very curious where that's going to go. But you've got <sighs> Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, and here's the thing. You know, you get, you get uh, what is it, Martin Freeman to play Bilbo, you know, he's Watson. Well, then they bring Benedict Cumberbatch to play Smog, you know, he's Sherlock Holmes. And and now Martin Freeman, he's in the Marvel Universe with Benedict Cumberbatch again. So it's like... He is? Yeah. Wait, what's he doing? He was, he's cast, we don't know the character, but he's cast in Civil War. Oh, that's right. I did see that. I did see that. So they're not in the same movie together, but they're in the same franchise again. I, I think they're the, really the same person. I just think <laughs> that they have really good camera tricks. Really good camera tricks and muscle control to yeah. change just slightly your musculature in your face. So yeah. Okay, so that's enough uh, discussion. We need to get into some spoiler stuff here. So if you have not seen the movie, you've heard what we think about it. You've heard um, what, we, what we're looking forward to coming up. And the, the one last thing, real quick, your answer um, before we go to spoilers is, who do you recommend it to? Because I'm assuming we all recommend this movie in a general sense of, it's good, go see it. But who do you say should go see it? Um, I can start if you guys don't have an answer. I never know what the, I never know what to say to this because I'm like, hey, if you're interested, go see it. Unless you're a kid, then there's too much language. Stay home. Well, but see, that's the answer I'm looking for. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve, yeah, I would say you know just just be discerning with the language thing, um, but it's not as bad as uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy. So, if you've already seen that and you want an interesting movie that um, uh, digs into uh, you know sort of in more in more physical ways but it illustrates a little bit uh of how spiritually and i'll get into that in the spoilers but it, it's an interesting view of the of the spirituality inside of us so and i would agree there um the people i would recommend it to are definitely superhero fans but i think that there's there if you're a sci-fi fan it deals with sci-fi ideas of artificial intelligence and those kind of things like you were saying steve but it does so uh, on a little more surface level, not quite as bad as, um, you know, going back to say Superman three and Mm -hmm. the artificial intelligence in Superman three, but you know, it's not, it's also not quite as deep as something like, um, trying to think of something recent that was deep, but it's not as deep as, as that recent deep thing that I can't think of right now. So that's, how's that for 
unintentionally vague. In- Inception. Yeah, sure. We can go with that. Yeah. We can go with that. Or Birdman. I haven't seen that. <laughs> it's interesting. I think you'd enjoy it. It, it yeah. makes for a nice triple feature with Batman and Batman Returns. <laughs> but All right. <laughs> okay, so we're going to play the spoiler music right now, and then we are going to come back and be talking about some pretty specific things. Spoilers. 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 And we're back. If you've not seen the movie, you've turned us off, but I hope you come back and have come back to join us after seeing the movie. So, gentlemen, tell me, what did you like? We can get very specific. We can go as specific as you want. I have two scenes in mind that I loved. I have a feeling that one of you or both of you also loved them, but I'm going to give you the first chance. Okay, easy. The best part of the movie uh, all involved Hawkeye. The re- the reveal <laughs> that he has a family and it actually shows kind of the human. He kind of has this human element where, and, and then um, and then even the part of the humor where he's uh, kind of, where it has a little bit of depth to it, where he's talking to Scarlet Witch and says, "Look, dude, I'm I'm with all these people. I, all I have is a bow and arrow, and we're fighting <laughs> these monsters." That was a really cool moment. And then, of course, when Quicksilver dies. Um, I totally thought that um, I, I totally thought they were setting it up for Hawkeye to die. I thought they were setting up for Hawkeye's wife to die. And yeah, I, was I thought really was worried that some, that's where they were going to go. I thought there was going to be some death in the, uh, the Hawkeye family or the the eyes. What's their last name? The eyes, right? The eye, right? <laughs> Hawkeye. Yeah. <laughs> Is that too much of a spoiler? <laughs> well, we're allowed to spoil everything now. So. Oh, okay, great. Um, the eyes. So, the yes, eyes you, Dr. Jace, you took one of my favorite scenes from the whole movie, and that was when they walk into the house and you realize he's a family man. Yeah. Yes. It was just, I, my jaw dropped. I smiled, and I just thought to myself, they really, they outdid themselves with what they could have done with this character. Um, now, my friend Daniel says that in the Ultimate Comics, Hawkeye is also a family man, and that's not a good thing because of what happens to his family. But um, as of right now, yes, that was so cool to see. That was pretty cool. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, and and then the, the different reactions too, because Captain America, he he, this is the life he would have wanted to have. Uh, you know, after he came back from the war, he would have yeah. come back. He would have married. He would have had a farm. You know, if he could, you know, or he would have been in Brooklyn or wherever. But, he, you know, yeah. he would have loved to have had that job where he could come home from the job and have them have his kids run into his arms, you know. And that's a great feeling to have kids run into your arms, you know. And he can't have that. Bruce Banner can't have that because radiation destroyed what's going on down there, apparently. And, um, you know, it just. <laughs> did you just say that? I did. What? <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> they just spoiled something there. But, um, wow. you know, and Black Widow can't have that because she's been sterilized. Uh, but she's a part of it. That's the other cool thing was that she's a part of that family. So, yes, she's had the the ability to have a family herself taking away. But she is a part of a family. And that means 
all that stuff from Avengers between Black Widow and Hawkeye, it was just friendship. It was what I was hoping. Yeah. It was two people who are – they co-work. They are friends and – Oh, it just it gives a little more depth. Like, actually, it gives a lot more depth to their scenes in the first well, Avengers. And then even when you know he's talking to his wife, and his wife says, "No, they need you." It, it just he keeps it human, so mm-hmm. to speak. That whole that whole moment, um, not just with him and his family, but even what it does with you know with Captain America and and Iron Man cutting wood together, chopping wood together in their interactions. That whole setting, in my mind, was one of the best parts of the entire movie. You know what it was? It was Rivendell. It's that quiet place where they can go and collect themselves before they're going to yeah. go into the terrible battle. Yeah. And the other thing then, again, going back to Lord of the Rings, Hawkeye in a little way, not as strong, but in a little way, he's a, he's our Samwise. You know, he's our, our quiet, unassuming guy who's going to do what it's got to get done to get the job done. Yeah, he was totally... That was the one downside in Avengers is that they totally didn't use Hawkeye in a positive way, but they totally redeemed him in this one mm-hmm. when he 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 zaps Scarlet Witch and says, "Yeah, I already did that brainwashing thing. I'm not a fan." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that the family thing did for me in the final battle, and is going to change it for me when I watch Avengers again, is in that final battle. Anytime he would go and put his life on the line, you can almost see him calculating. Okay. I'm going to do this, but is this going to leave my children fatherless mm-hmm. as I run in to help this child who is, you know, and and you can just kind of, it, it adds depth and weight to what Hawkeye is doing. And I loved it. I really, really think that which, this makes... Which is, which is why I say that if, the, if this was anybody's movie, this was a Hawkeye movie. It, like Avengers was everybody's kind of movie except for maybe Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. This this one, I think, it tells – I mean, there is the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver story as well. Um, and but, Vision and Ultron story as well. well. Yeah, yeah. But I think there's a lot more character development and depth and themes with Hawkeye. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Steve, your chance. What's your favorite scene? Favorite scene? Favorite – yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I, I gave – Dr. Jace's chance. He, he stole one, my, one of my two. Your turn. <laughs> I don't know if I had a favorite scene. Favorite part, then. My, my favorite Specific part. Specific like. I mean, it can be a general thing. It doesn't have to be a scene. I guess it could be like, oh, I like this character who had this turn. I liked that they <clears throat> um, examined the monstrosity in all of us. And everybody had a monstrous character and some of them had overcome it a little bit. Some of it had overcome it a lot, but every single one you saw different, different layers of that. You know, even Captain America at one point, he says, you know, I, I, I remember the days when the, the, uh, the only, uh, crazy scientific thing was me or something Uh like that. You know, hearkening back to his, his creation. It was monstrous. I mean, yes, he, he came out and looking like the perfect male specimen and everything. But the thing is, it's still a monstrous thing to do. Yes. You know? Yeah. And obviously the Hulk and uh, the Black Widow with, with her training and everything. And when when they did the the scenes in S.H.I.E.L.D. 
um, it was uh, Agent Carter. Yes. When it did the flashbacks to the Black Widow program, my mind just went to a place where I said that must have been about a million times worse. And it's not hyperbole. You know, it's just I can see in the real world what that would have happened, what would have happened there, what would have had to happen to take place for those characters, those people to actually become these Black Widow, you know, mm-hmm. operatives. And and to see that in this character and to know that that's part of her, her makeup. I um, love that they did that. And my mind went to Agent Carter, too. Because yeah. Agent mm-hmm. Carter has... Oh, I don't want to ruin it for you, Doctor Jace. If you're going to watch it, so oh, I'm not, I'm no, not uh, yeah, I don't tell me anything. Okay, but um, my mind went went right there as well, Steve. And and with what they showed with Black Widow, it is horrifying. Yeah, horrifying what they're doing with a child, but they're yeah. turning a child. And here's the thing that I love about Black Widow's arc is she's turning back. Right. You know, she's actually working yeah. at turning back. Now, and the, we have the whole line of my ledger's full of red. In the mm-hmm. first movie, and yeah, well, I think yep. I think that's part of what because I totally see those themes, and and I would I was wanting to watch it again because if you notice, um, Ultron kind of puts himself, the church becomes like the central focus, like he the the twins kind of find him there, mm-hmm. and then the final battle happens there and there's all these references of, of, of kind of God or, 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 you know, that kind of thing. Biblical references too. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of, the problem I have is trying to digest that is that I know that, or at least I'm under the understanding that Joss Whedon is a humanist and he's he's very, not just a humanist. He has come out saying he is a ardent atheist. Yeah, he's an ardent atheist. So to me, I didn't get that he the impression was kind of a redemptive Christian like undertext. To me, it felt like he was actually planting the church as the center of the ugliness and monstrosity. And oh. that is and that is where I kind of because I know that about him, um, I, I when though I saw those themes, I didn't necessarily see it as Christian redemptive. I kind of saw it as as the opposite. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing with Ultron is when you hear Ultron's dialogue, you take it out of the mouth of a murderous robot and right. put it into the mouth of a Westboro Baptist. You know, it's the same thing. He yep. says, you know, humanity is in need of a flood, basically. I mean, he says, ask Noah, you know, what yep. what, what humanity deserves. And he says all these biblical allusions and he's using them and twisting them to be, you know, the the Westboro Baptist. I mean, I, that's that's really the only frame of reference I can throw out quickly um, that everyone's going to be able to to, to latch on to right. as far as what Ultron, I think, is kind of representing in his dialogue. Now, that said, there's validity to that because we do have Christians who are using and twisting scripture to allow them to do whatever their nefarious uh, motives might might lead them to do, um, but I, I did see that. Now the church being in the center of the city was an interesting thing because, and then that was also the where the instrument of destruction was. 
Um, right. That's why that symbolism, because to me, like you and I, we could sit there and identify that there are extremes that, that they're not representing Christ at all. To right. me, when Joss Whedon, and I love Joss, his, his storytelling, to me, it's more of, it's not just extremes. This is kind of the, and that's kind of the reason I didn't like what he did with Captain America, because I love about Captain America he actually was a man of faith, you know. He goes, "There's only one God." Just, just right. we can kind of toss that out, and now Captain America's getting assimilated like everyone else. I didn't, I didn't like how he dealt with that, and I, I think that the themes of of this monstrosity being in the church. I don't think he's looking at extremes. I think he's planning. You know, I think that's a very real visual of his worldview. I think so too. And here's the other thing that comes out of that worldview. Um, and this goes into my second favorite thing, and neither of you mentioned it, so I get to say it first. Uh, no, and this isn't my second favorite. This is my favorite thing. And this is what the guy behind me apparently was his favorite thing, too, is when Vision just picks up Thor's hammer and hands it to him. And it's just so quick, and you're just like, no way. It's perfect the way they stage it. It's perfect the way they develop it. And then as soon as he does that, Thor's like, all right. Uh, I'm I'm with him, you know. He's he's worthy, and then he's worthy to keep the soul gem or the mind gem, whichever mm-hmm. infinity gem it is. Um, but the meat of the movie comes in the end. You have that huge giant fight, but then you still have a bunch of quiet moments at the end. And the big thing for me is now Ultron's been cut off from the internet. He's been cut off from any wireless, you know, downloading of his consciousness. He's got one body left. And that body and vision come together and they have a conversation and they talk about, you know, humans, they don't last long and vision says, but they're beautiful. So that means they don't have to last long. And you, you get some very humanist, uh, dialogue going on there of why is it worthy? Why is humanity worth surviving? Uh, in its current state. And it's because, and it goes back to some of the J. Michael Straczynski kind of stuff too, who's, who's in a similar um, place uh, spiritually, I think, where he's, you know, we are amazing because we're one of a kind. We're unique. Every single human being is unique. And that's what gives value to life. And it's it's kind of a hollow thing where they're almost saying, you know what? Life doesn't have meaning, but I'm giving it meaning by saying this stuff. And it sounds like it's noble and it sounds like it has, you know, there's depth to it, but I still don't believe there's any meaning in life. I still don't believe that there's a higher power. I still don't believe that there's more to life than what you have here in the physical, but it's short and it's beautiful. And that means it's worth having, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so that's where, you know, you have this innocent of vision and I love vision in this movie and I love his dialogue in this movie yeah. and, and his ideas and how he's, you know, they say, are you on our side? And he says, I'm on the side of life. You know, that's a brilliant piece of dialogue. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't say I'm on your side, but it kind of does, you know? Yeah. As long as you're on, on his side. Is, yeah. Uh, which is where I think it'll be interesting. Interesting to see what side he takes in the in the Civil War. But I I know my brother, who is a big comic book fan, he was very upset about the Vision being able to pick up Thor's hammer. <laughs> uh, he was very angry because he gets he got angry because in the um 
I guess in one of the comic book cartoons recently, the Hulk kind of picks it up and throws it. He's like, there's no way. And so he's very angry. I don't know the history of of who in the comic books has ever been able to pick up Thor's hammer. Well, Captain America has been able to. And Superman. Superman has done it, yep. Um, yeah. I think Wonder Woman might have done it too. Uh, sure. That was a, a DC Marvel crossover thing. But um, So Captain America, though, I know has done it as far as Marvel characters who were able to. Um, and he kind of moved it. That was a fun little touch there in that whole thing. But that scene where it's just goofy character playing off of each other, yeah, you know, trying to move the hammer, and then Vision just picks it up. But here's the thing. Maybe there's something to the innocence of a newborn creature that allows him to be worthy. And, yeah. And I think that there's something to that because I'm wondering, can no, – is Vision <laughs> like a – is Vision like a uh, an unspoiled, innocent, and in Christian terms, you know, before the fall uh, type of thing who can be corrupted and who will be maybe later on? But now, you know, like he said, I was just born yesterday. Well, yeah. and I, I think um, I like Captain America's remark. He goes, "Hey, if an, an elevator could pick <laughs> up the hammer, so that doesn't count. He's a he's a robot." Yeah, yeah, and that actually showed up um, on my Facebook feed. Then uh, after the movie, there's a couple people who put p- uh, pictures. Uh, it's the same picture, but a, a number of people have put it on their 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 Facebook wall where it's an elevator with a Thor's hammer in the middle of it, and it's it's, it's goofy, it's fun, you know. But it's it's true. I mean, Vision is a robot, but he's a robot with the mind gem, which is you know he he has a soul. I mean, as far as we are concerned. Looking at him, he is life. He is new life. And hey, Steve, you're familiar with Warlock, right? Which Warlock? Warlock, the original Warlock from Marvel Comics in the 70s. The Adam Adam Warlock. Okay, yeah, the space one. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not not the New Mutant, but um, this right. is totally. I mean, Vision is him. Mm-hmm. When I was watching the movie, because I'm listening to a podcast where they're reading through those comics, I'm just like, oh my goodness. He's got the gem right there on his forehead. It is yep. an infinity gem, like Adam Warlock has. Um, and Adam Warlock, the whole idea is that he's you know this spiritual Christ figure on another planet, and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I I love the Vision, and I, I'm excited to see where they go with him. I loved Ultron. I don't know if you guys liked him or not, but as a villain, he really worked for me, and I'm glad he's dead because they aren't yeah. going to bring him back, and they yeah. won't be able to water him down. See, it was, it's good because it's it's a robot. Yes, it's artificial intelligence, but the thing is it's artificial. So it's a robot and you can kill the robot. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you can kill the robot. That's good. You can't kill Loki. You know, that's why Loki survives and that's why he's in the, uh, the next movie and stuff. You can't kill him because he's still – he's Asgardian, but he, he's, he has that human spark in him, you know, if you want to take it to that level. But he still has that, that thing about him that makes him different than a robot or something like that. But with the robot, you have that satisfaction that you can destroy it. You're not killing it. You're destroying this horrible, evil thing and it's going to be gone. And, you know, there it is. So it, it was very satisfying to that level. It's not like you wanted to, someone to die, but you wanted this horrible robot to go away. And you get that. So any other likes 
any other things that just really stick out to you as things that you liked from the movie? I liked the final fight. I liked the. I thought the island in the air was cool with the with the people kind of in danger. The whole, you know, I really, really. I thought they raised the stakes. I thought the. In fact, I would say the the final fight was probably in my mind more rewarding than the first one. It's the only thing I would say was is better than the first one. Uh, although I'd say my favorite part of one of my favorite parts of the first Avengers is when they all come together and Cap Captain America calls all the plays. That's my favorite part. Mm-hmm. But other than that, that component of the battle, I thought this final battle was. Um, was 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 better. It was very interesting. Yeah, it was good stuff. Um, I liked the um, Quicksilver effect. You know, when he's moving, when he's running, um, more than say I like the uh, the effect they do on the Flash. Although I think the thing they do on the Flash is fine for that. Um, but I, I like that, except for the fact that if he can really move that fast, it just sort of falls a little flat at the end where he doesn't rescue the the people. He just takes the hit for them. And I'm like, if you can move that fast, <laughs> you know, it's like, can't you move like one mile an hour more and just get the people out of the way or just move them slightly to, you know, so you, so you can be in the next movie or, you know, the TV series that you're going to spin off maybe or something. It would have been cool to have that. The, the only saving thing about that that I'll, I'll save a, a final judgment for is that you never see a burial. You never see a casket. You never see an embalming. You see a body that you assume to be dead. So who knows? He could be back. <laughs> I think they just probably like the X Men version better and didn't want to have two Quicksilvers going on at one time. Could be, yeah. But yeah, I thought the same thing. I'm thinking, well, maybe pushing the car in front of Hawkeye took a little bit extra time. You know, I don't, I don't know. I thought the same thing, but you know, but yeah. So are we moving on to what we didn't like? Yeah, let's move on to that. I, I didn't like. I thought Ultron needed more screen time and more. I, I liked how he interacted with with Iron Man, and, and and actually was in Iron Man's head, so to speak. Um, but he just was such a good. I wanted him. You know, honestly, I wanted him to be the Joker from the Dark Knight because when I saw the trailer, I got the same goosebumps when I saw the Dark Knight trailer, and I thought this is the same kind of bad guy. And then he really wasn't. I mean, they, he just, I don't know. I don't know what, I'd have to watch it again to get like specifics about what I would want more, but I wanted more. Okay. Fair enough. Steve? Steve? Oh, man. Well, I'll tell you what I didn't like, and maybe Steve will get back on here. Uh, I didn't like the Black Widow Bruce Banner stuff. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, my brother hated that. I, I've been thinking about. I mean, I talked about this in my other podcast, and I've been thinking more and more about it. And I think I realized why, and that's that most of the female characters up until this point, um, other than Black Widow, have been very supportive characters as far as the main hero's girlfriend. And so you have Jane, 
with Thor. And you have Pepper with Tony, who, yeah, Pepper, she's a powerful business person, businesswoman, but she's not, you know, she's there because of Tony and she's there to support Tony. Um, you know, and so with Black Widow, you had someone who was on equal footing with the boys on the team. And you get her then with Banner and, you know, the relationship. I think it was just there. It happened for one reason and one reason only, and that was so that the relationship could fail. They had, you know, they they had the relationship in the story so that we could get to the point at the end where they're like, nope, it's not going to work, but we can make it work. We can run away, but no, I, you need to be Hulk and fight. And then Hulk leaves because, you know, he's Hulk and he can't, he can't be anything else other than Hulk, you know? So, yeah, I, you know, I know they're going for the King Kong kind of, kind of thing, but Beauty and the Beast too. Yeah. 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 It's just, yeah, I've seen that story. I didn't, I didn't care for it in this one, but I felt like it was the one thing that they used to give both of those characters depth. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I just, man, that, that, that whole thing, I just wish it had been anyone else, you know, Black Widow and anybody else who wasn't on the team, you know, or Bruce Banner and anyone else who wasn't on the team. Um, yeah. I, I mean, so you have Hawkeye and his wife who exist to have that nuclear family, but then you have, um, Natasha and Bruce, and they exist in the story to not be able to have that okay. nuclear family. And I'll, I'll tell you one thing I didn't like is I, I actually like Thor, the character, but I didn't like how when they get to the farm, he leaves, and I really didn't like the pool, you know, his his the, the weird dream he had. And I know this was a bridge to another film, but... It seemed out of place. There's it seemed one, forced. One more problem, Doctor Jace. That was a big part that was cut. They 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 trimmed that down. It didn't. I'm like and, going, all, all of a sudden he's like in a magic pool that's going to help him. I'm like, yeah, that is stupid. That, that's. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking. I'm sitting there. This is the first time in a Marvel Marvel movie. Well, I, I can't say the first time because Iron Man kind of frustrated me. But I'm sitting there in this pool thing and I'm going. This is stupid. This this is not – this feels completely disconnected from everything else that's going on. Yeah, it, it is disconnected and it wouldn't have been quite as disconnected if they had done it the way that they – that Joss Whedon had originally planned apparently. But Are we ever going to see that? They might, it'll be a deleted scene somewhere because they trimmed it but then they also re-edited it so it looked different than the original plan. And you know what? It is what it is. It is setting up the next Thor movie. You're right, Doctor Jace. I mean, that's just that's just what it is. It's not just setting up the next Thor movie. It's setting up, you know, the Avengers: Infinity War, where you know we're gonna have Thanos with the the gems. You know, where so it's setting up the gem stuff and all that. But um, yeah, it, it, Thor, he always missed that stuff. He misses Nick Fury's pep talk twice now, because <laughs> when Coulson died in the first Avengers movie. Thor's off trying to get his hammer and it's, yeah. it's Fury and Tony and Steve. And he's like, guys, you got to do this because we need the Avengers, you know, and here's right. the bloody cards because Coulson's dead. And it's the same thing here. I got to go and find out some information from a pool with my friend, Dr. Selvig. And he goes off and that's when Fury <laughs> shows up and says, guys, you got to do this. 
uh, you know, Coulson's not dead anymore, but I can't tell you that, but, you know, because that's a TV show and not a movie. But, yeah, it, it did feel tacked on, and a lot of what Thor did felt tacked on. Of the three main trio, he gets the the, the biggest shaft there. The other two guys, Steve and, and Tony, get better because, you know what, it's setting up, like you said, Civil War. And, and so they, they're playing off of each other, and they're going to get more screen time together. Thor's going to be off on his own, in his own world. Which I hear uh, from a few people that um, the next Thor, Ragnarok, or whatever it's called, is could be one of the most important Marvel movies. They said, I don't know insider knowledge, but they said that there's going to be some major things that will play into everything else. So we'll see. We'll see. We, we, we are definitely setting up stuff, though. So... Um, yeah. we've kind of talked about themes and ideas. The one theme that I missed that I would like to talk about still is just the idea that Vision and Ultron are kind of the the two sons of of uh, Tony Stark. You mean Ant Man? Oh yeah, Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah, Ultron is Tony Stark's darkest nature, and they really play with that idea of him being uh, Tony's son. You know, and, and Tony being the, the daddy figure or whatever. Um, the son that Tony will never have, will never have, not can't have, but won't have. Um, just because, can you imagine him as a dad? <laughs> um, but then uh, Vision being the the kind of the, the nobler side of, yeah. of Tony and coming out of Jarvis, which Tony created as well. Uh, now, he's not Jarvis. They make an important point to say he's not, but... He definitely mm-hmm. comes from that, and it's, it's so. And when they have that moment at the end, I love that moment at the end where they're just talking to each other about what what are we doing and why are we doing it. You're naive. You're evil. You know, just um, together we're naive. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's it's a great moment. It's a great moment. And, and I thought with both of those guys, they did an excellent job with casting. I think Spader was a really good voice. I really, I really think. Ultron, he came across human to me. He yes, came across yes, yes. like he had a real mm-hmm. personality. And Vision, I thought Paul Bettany did a really good job of catch, capturing the essence of of Vision. Yeah, when when I think of Ultron and when I've when I've read him in the comic books, he's always robotic. You know, his voice always has that robotic tinge to it. Although, you know, he's he's very, you know, he's human-esque. He, he acts in ways that a human, a robot wouldn't act. It's, he's not C-3PO, you know, and, and acting like that. He, he acts very uh, fluidly. And in this, he even speaks fluidly. So it, to me, it was a little bit different than I was expecting Ultron to be. Um, I actually intentionally didn't watch a lot of the um, the 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 trailers to sort of not get a, a really you know try to not get a sense of the movie before I actually see the movie. Um, so you know when I when I saw him moving and, and especially his mouth, the way they did his mouth, very fluid, very lifelike, you know, and and still being a robot, but. Um, it was it was different than I expected him to be. All right. Anything else you want to guys you guys want to touch on before we close this thing down? There there was one thing I didn't like. It was an edit thing. 
Um, you, you know when Hawkeye gives Scarlet Witch the pep talk? Yes. Okay. In my mind, it would have been a much better build had the moment they give the pep talk, he goes out and she comes out and starts to dominate. But instead, after that really cool moment where he goes, look, I'm a, I'm a guy with a bow and arrow and this kind of thing. Instead, they cut from that poignant moment. They cut to other action. Then they come out and she comes out and starts doing some powerhouse stuff. Oh, I kind of like that actually. Interesting. To me. To me, it was like from a directing perspective, that buildup of – because that moment he gives that, I'm like, you're right. Let's do this. Let's go out there and I would have loved for her to be able to just come out and make it happen. So Yeah, I, I – here's – I'll say one last thing then and this will be my final word then yours, Steve. I love that I was able to be surprised by this movie. And I wasn't spoiled of the big surprises. For example, her coming out and dominating, I saw that in the trailers, but I had no context. And so when it happened in that context, that was a nice surprise. I love that I was surprised about Hawkeye. Uh, I love that I was not spoiled about his family life. That was awesome. And I can't wait to watch it again with that knowledge now. But I'm so glad I didn't have that knowledge for the first viewing. It was a great revelation. And so a lot of the things that were in the trailer, the, 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 the hammer stuff, out of context, it was fun and goofy, but I love that it turned into a turning point in the movie uh, with, yeah. with Vision. And so I love that I was able to be surprised by this, even though I'm surrounded by news from, from my other podcast. You know, I, I try not to get too spoiled, but you can't stay away from it when you're doing a podcast specifically about Marvel movies. So I, I love that I was being able to be surprised. So Steve, one last thing for you, and then we'll we'll say goodbye. Any any last final theme or or, or well, really anything? Final word on the movie, Steve. And hi, <laughs> I'm Steve McDonald, and my final thought on the movie is: I think that Doctor J does not right. sound like me at all. Hi, that I'm just, that, there. He is. I would I, not be me am bizarro about- Steve me am love dark knight okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad we actually got to have this conversation again about dark knight we haven't done this in so long because the band has guys, been broken up so long guys all right Steve final thought here my final thought um I think just Whedon is a humanist atheist whatever he is but I think if we look at the movie and we say we have monsters in our own lives, we are monsters at our core, and we have to deal with them. Look outside yourself. We can't deal with them ourselves. You know, there's no way for a monster to, to make himself not a monster. You know, he's a monster. He, that's the only thing he has to work with. Um, you know, I am not a huge fan of putting a Christian gloss or a spiritual gloss on something that's not there. But I am a fan of chewing the meat and spitting out the bones, you know. So I think the meat in this movie that I found was just that. You know, at our core, we are monsters. The way we deal with it in real life as Christians is repentance and putting our faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The way they deal with it in the movies, that's Hollywood. So I think taking that and seeing at least a movie that can speak to that and say, yes, we are monsters at our core. What are we going to do about it? 
I think that was that was the refreshing part of that for me. Excellent. All right, guys. Well, thank you. And I'm not sure what we're talking about next, but I'm really sure that I'm going to enjoy talking about it with you guys. We are doing something that's a crossover with the other Christian uh, pop culture geek podcasts that are out there under the banner of the Crossover Nexus. They'll be watching uh, – it's movies you should see. And we're, as guests are guest appearing on other podcasts, they're bringing a movie along with them and making the other podcasters from that other podcast watch it. Um, our guest, it sounds like, is going to be making me watch a movie that I have no desire to watch at all. And Catwoman? I can't, I can't wait. No, not Catwoman. Oh, if he went there. <laughs> that would be the end of these crossovers. Yeah, yeah. I'll be appearing on the um, Geekily Yoked podcast, and there's still some shuffling around that we're trying to figure out, so things may change between now and then, but that is coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, beyond that, I want to thank you for listening, and gentlemen, if you would like to say goodbye, now is your opportunity to do so. See ya. Adios. And Godspeed, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Strangers and Aliens summer movie series. You can email us at podcast at strangersandaliens.com or leave us a voicemail at 1-804-37-ALIEN. That's 1-804-372-5436. We'd love to hear from you. You can also go to our website, strangersandaliens.com, leave a comment on the blog, or check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. We're also on Twitter, Strange and Alien. Check us out. This podcast is a proud member of the Crossover Nexus, a group of podcasts and blogs that engage faith and pop culture. Find out more at www.crossovernexus.com. Thank you.